What do you get when you take some therapists and put them in front of a screen to watch something creeping back from childhood that should have never been for children and preteens? They're gonna dive right in and reassess those flicks. What's more scary and disturbing than you realize and gave you nervous tics? They're the movies that traumatized us. Welcome to the uh, the movies that traumatized us. I'm excited. This we're actually doing what easily amounts to my second favorite movie of all time. So, what movie are we doing? We're doing The Secret of Nim. <laughs> Come on, second favorite movie of all time. Only movie that is my favorite movie of all time has to be The Fifth Element, which I saw like 21 times in the movie theater. Wow. I you saw, saw The Fifth Element 21 times in the theater? Oh, wow. That's a lot of times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, my phone is being stupid tonight, so I can't stream this like I normally do. So it's funny because I... I... I show us, like, occasionally buffering, and then other times not buffer. Like, my other screen not buffering. It's it's really weird how it's messing up. Um, but I, I don't know, like, Denver Bear Hunter, are you noticing anything weird on your end? If not, then, then I'm okay. And we're gonna get started. Um, I'm, but I hope you guys like The Secret of Nim. The Secret of Nim is, is really, honestly, it's such a great movie. On so many levels, it's such a great movie. Like, A, it's just fun. Um, B, it's very well animated. It's very beautiful. Um, it has a lot of just... I, I don't... Like, wow, I don't even know how to... Uh, to say it. Because it just, it just has such great visuals. And the animation is just so well done. I love the story. Like, you know, little Miss Rat wants to save her family and she has to go seek out all this help from all of these things and everything that she's scared of, whether that happens to be, you know, an owl or uh, and or the rats that, you know, she's never associated with. And she learns stuff about her family and her husband. And, like, there's just all these great little elements to this movie and to this story. Right. I I have thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um I had I didn't read the book before, you know, last week. And I like the parallels with them. I also like that it's a former Disney animator that's pretty much giving the finger to Disney who animated this in his garage and competes with Disney. I know, right? Tell me that is not some of the best stuff that you could ask for. <laughs> like former animators are like F you, House of Mouse. I can. Right? I'm doing this from my garage. That's how badass I am. Well, Don Don Bluth, who is the the producer and the animator, he tried to give it to Disney, right? And right. Disney was like, "I already have a mouse. Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> talk about screwing up Disney. Like, I'm just gonna say, like, talk about screwing up. Um. You know, they they really like they they screwed the pooch on this one because there was so much to this. Um, mm -hmm. 
I and you guys like I mean this is the this is the movie uh the movie still right the movie cover this is what it looked like um for those of you that may have seen it may not have seen it or may have forgotten um you know you, you can't you can't miss it like all of the elements are here every everybody that you kind of see right here on the front cover is is some kind of you know uh player in the overall story i think the only person missing on this front cover is the shrew Oh God, the shrew! We're gonna get into the shrew later. <laughs> this fucking shrew, man! I don't even, I don't even know what to do with the shrew. Like, you know, in the book, she's not nearly the issue she is in the movie. It's like this elitist curtain mafia older <laughs> woman. <laughs> Anti Shrew's like freaking kinks and stuff too. Wow. Oh, I, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do we even have? Did you get me a still of that? I don't think you did. I, I think there's that. a still in there, at least of Jeremy all tied up. I yeah. I just don't think it's the. I don't still think it's like. Oh no, maybe it is. It is. Never mind. I see it. It is the crew. It is the shrew. The shrew's level of uh, Shibari uh, right there. <laughs> so we're gonna talk Before about that Martin when we get there. there. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that when we get there. Um, but anyways, uh, this actually, this movie, we, we chose this movie. So I, I know we kind of mentioned this before with you guys, uh, where we, we're doing this thing where we do, like, a, a user-suggested movie, and then we do a movie that we pick. Uh, and so that's this was a user-suggested movie, right? We really wanted to, like, we saw it on there, and we were just like, yes, The Rats of Nim, or The Secret of Nim. Uh, yep. Of course, I was totally all about it, because I was, like, easily one of my favorite movies. Uh, so let's... Oh, I loved it as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did, too. Uh, so, other interesting facts about this movie. Um, the, the original title of the book, if you guys don't know it, is Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Uh, they changed her name from Frisbee to Brisbee because they didn't want it to get confused uh, with the toy. And he feared lawsuits like bluth feared lawsuits from the frisbee company and he even like out to them saying hey you know i'm gonna be using this book called you know mrs frisbee and the rats of nim even though it's spelled completely different but he was so afraid of like lawsuits and copyrights and shit that he was like no we're just gonna change it all in fact they had to redub it because they had already used frisbee and okay. all of the, the voiceovers yeah. so they had to do the book Yep, yeah, I had to go back and change it to Brisby. So she was never meant to be Brisby. So, you know, don't let don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Uh, she was she was always a Frisbee, not a Brisby. <laughs> Which I mean, come on, it's an adorable name. She was an adorable little mouse. Uh, let, let's be honest. Um, she was a very nicely drawn anthropomorphic mouse. Yeah, she was just, yeah, she was adorable. Uh, you know, yeah. so the movie starts off with, with, you know, kind of this nice little scene in, at, at home. And, you know, but then you find out that the kid is sick and she has to, this, this starts her journey, right? Like, literally, you want to talk about a hero's journey. She starts her hero's journey because her kid is sick. Or Timothy has pneumonia. 
Lisa, her kid gets sick and she goes on a quest. She goes on a quest to see Mr. Ages. Oh, Mr. Ages. Oh my god, Mr. Ages. Such a, like, a cruffumpled mouse. He is he's a cruffumpled like mouse. <laughs> yeah, he's also an asshole, let's be honest. I mean, he, like... He, he he just is so dismissive of, like, her need of help. Right. Like, he's so wrapped up in his own affairs and his own, like, uh, random BS that he just doesn't even think about the fact that she's asking him for help. And he's just, he's dismissive of her every step of the way. He's and, super dismissive. You know, okay, so this is one of those things, but because I love this story so much, obviously I've also read the book. So, like, usually usually when we get to these these things and we do these movies that also have books, like, Nikki will read the book, and I usually don't. I stick to the, to the fact of the movie. Like, what is the movie showing us? But it's really hard with this one because I have the book and I love this story. So, of course, I went back and reread the book as well. And it drives me nuts because, like, his... His placement in the story is so different. In, in the book, we, or in the movie, we find him in the tractor working on the, like, trying to sabotage the tractor. In the book, he's in the forest. In his house in the forest, doing his thing and, and, and minding his, his, his business out there and, and not even trying to mess with the tractor or, or any of that because the tractor is parked off in a shed, <laughs> like in the book. But, you know, it's, it's irrelevant. They did stick to his, his coloring. In the book, he's a white mouse. And in, in the movie, he's still a, a kerfuffly old white mouse. Um, but he is... Mr. Ages is kind of uh, an elitist dick, I'm going to be honest. It's kind of how I feel about him. I mean, I don't know if you feel any differently about him. I just feel like he's kind of an elitist dick. He's so wrapped up in his own affairs, he's not really caring about anybody else's. And we find out later it's because he's, like, working on a project for the rats. Right. Like, he's trying to help the rats with their plan. And, you know, so there's these big, like, overarching things that are happening. It's not just this one event inside the story, which is really interesting because the book is only, like, 200 pages long. Mm -hmm. And there's it's really short book. Yeah, and there's all of these things. Like, you can sit down and read this book in a day. Like, mm -hmm. but there's all these little things that are happening. There's the plot with Mrs. Frisbee or Mrs. Frisbee and trying to save her son and, and make him better. And then finding out that her house, you know, he can't leave. So she's got to move her house, you know, but then there's the rats and they have their big overarching plot, the things that they're trying to do. And she's like inserting herself into their story. And, and it's kind of interesting how that happens because it's kind of like blowing up a balloon inside of a balloon, right? Like, her story is happening inside of their story. And, like, at some point... Oh. I... <laughs> Spectrum is not winning any any brownie points with me today. <laughs> uh, they're not winning brownie points with me either, because I don't usually have internet problems like this, and I'm still dropping frames, which is really bad. But, you know, the occasional buffering I'm okay with. But we're also, like, we've lost viewers. At least it looks like we've lost viewers because of what's happening. That, that always worries me. Um, because, you know, we we spend a lot of time getting these together. Hey, guys, if you didn't notice, just with that aside, uh, down at the bottom in the card sets uh, on the About sections of us, you will find a link to merch. If you want to get merch from the movies that traumatize us, please feel free. If there's any specific merch you'd like, uh, you know, uh, feel free to, to request and we'll see what we can do about adding things to the merch. 
Uh, but yeah, so there's a merch link down there now that we've added in. Um, but uh, other than that, you know, uh, getting back on topic, um, it is like I was saying when you drop, you know, it's like it's like a balloon blowing up inside of a balloon, right? Like it's right. Just, there's like these two big expansive plots happening all at the same time, and it's the rat's plan and it's her plan to rescue her son. And she goes and she really throws a wrench in their plans along the way. Um, so do we have a still of... I don't know. I went really light on the stills this time. You so did. you might. I, I really like, I like it when we have stills, but you know, let's do, uh, let's do this one here. I think this will work out nicely for us. Uh, give me a second. It popped up in the wrong spot. So there we go. Look at that. Let me just pull it into frame here. There we go. So this is uh, Mrs. Brisby, or Mrs. Brisby. I want to call her Brisby because in the movie she's Brisby. Uh, this is where Mrs. Brisby goes to talk to, to Mr. Ages, and we can see his, like, dismissive, shitty attitude. Mr. Ages? Is anybody home? Go away! Mr. Ages? What is it? Mr. Ages, may I please speak to you? What? I said, may I please speak... <coughs> <gasps> ...with you. Oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad you're home. <coughs> Confounded machine. You never know when it's going to up and blow. Yes. I don't suppose you would remember me. Yes, you're Mrs. Brisby. And I'm sorry about your husband's death. Now, if you'd excuse me. Mr. Ages! I just realized how dismissive he is of her husband's Ages, death. I'm sorry about that. Bye, bitch. This is an emergency. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was sorry to hear that. We're just looking like the background and the watercolor, like the watercolor background. <laughs> Madam, that is an emergency. Oh, Mr. Ages, my son Timothy is so sick. Timmy? The one with the spider bite? Uh, well, just give him some Pepsis or No! And... No, he's sick with a fever. Uh, well, I suppose I could fix up something. Oh, thank you. Uh, follow me, but don't touch anything. Understand? Oh, I want to... I do appreciate it. Just how high is his fever? He's burning hot to the touch. Mm, yes. He's soaking wet with perspiration. Yes. And there's a raspy sound when he breathes. A raspy sound, you say? He's such like a little drama king mouse. He really uh, is. Does he have... Like, he just... He's just got such an attitude. And I don't really, like... I don't understand his... Like, in the book... Mr. Ages is really actually quite accommodating to her needs. And he's not as much of a curmudgeon in the book. No, he's still curmudgeon-y, but not, not to this level. Like, not to the level that you're just like, wow, man, you're like old man dick. Like, you're like the guy sitting in his rocket chair on his porch, and he's like, young punks, get off my lawn! You know, like, just, like, he's that level of curmudgeon -y. Like, he doesn't want to interact with anybody. He doesn't want to socialize. He doesn't, he doesn't want to have interaction. He's literally, like, 
a hermit loner. Well, he does. He wants to have interaction with the rats. He doesn't want to have it with anybody else. Right. Right. Now, now there is some understandable story to that. And we learned some of it in the movie. You definitely learn more of it in the book. But, right. like, what happens there and what that's about. Um, but he just, he is, he's really very curmudgeon and he's very dismissive of her needs. And yes, ultimately he's helpful. He does help her, right? He, 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 you know, pulls his, his panties out of his ass and gets them unknotted long enough to give her some medicine and give her some advice and say, you know, give him this. Don't let him get out of bed. He can't move for like three weeks. You know, God forbid you have to move him sooner than that because it'll come back and he could die. Right. He can't be moved for three weeks. No cold air in his lungs. Nothing like that. But guess what? <laughs> so, problems. The problems start. Wow. Uh, yeah. Because then moving day comes way sooner. Uh, where is the... I'm trying to see it here. Well, the next scene that would come up would be jeremy but i don't know what which scene you're looking up you're looking for does jeremy oh yeah because she's on her way home and that's where she runs into jeremy yeah he's upside down in the log being yeah. a great move for the cat yeah 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 the uh that would be uh that would be this one here your affair now, to what you are about to see and hear, right? you must swear. No, no, that's uh, meeting Justin and Jenner. Sorry, I grabbed the wrong one. I thought that was the Jeremy one. Where is it? There it is. Cover me like that. I didn't mean to I frighten you. I the wrong you. one because I had... Oh, <laughs> you didn't frighten me. I was just sort of working out. <laughs> oh, no. You just broke my concentration. That... You look more like you're all tangled up. Uh, yeah, I guess that's enough exercise for one day. <laughs> Besides, I'm really after this terrific string. I'm working on a love nest for two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I see. You have a girl. Well, not really. I mean, I haven't found Miss Wright yet. But when I do, the whole world will hear us singing. Yeah, so I'd like... Excuse me, pardon me. I like both versions Why of Why you Jeremy. keep making all that noise and Dragon will hear you. Right. If he hasn't already. Wouldn't you sing too? I mean, if you felt... <laughs> if you felt the call of the wild... I think but I would... Dom DeLuise would... <laughs> gave him a lot of life. Yeah, well, I like both versions of Jeremy. So, as you guys can see, Jeremy is kind of like this klutzy, like, you you don't see it just yet, but, it, I mean, it, it comes up. Obviously, he's going to be a helpful character for her, right? You can kind of tell by his attitude already that he's going to be helpful in some way. So, she helps him out here. She gets him out of the string. In the book, he's wrapped up in a silver string that he picked up because it was shiny, and he thought it was pretty, and he wanted to take it, and... It got wrapped around his foot, so he sat on a barbed wire fence, and it got tangled up in the fence, and then he got tangled up in it, and she cuts him out of it. Uh, the same effect happens, though, right? She saves him. And to that effect, he's like, hey, you know, I owe you because you saved my life. Uh, and also, the other thing that happens is, as you guys heard here, she was like, hey, be quiet, or you'll, you'll get Dragon's attention. 
Same thing happens in the book. Be quiet, you'll get Dragon's attention, right? And both in both cases, Dragon comes after them. Uh, does this scene persist through that? Yeah, it goes like, you're gonna call Dragon over. I wouldn't be so loud if I knew there was a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's get to that. Because I want to talk about Dragon. Because we haven't gotten to anything that's really scary yet. And but we're about to get to some of the first stuff there, that's actually somewhere. And when I find her, I'll feel I have never seen a cat with moment. fur I, what and claws dragon. like dragon. He belongs to Farmer <laughs> Fitzgibbons. Look you know, towards the house. That's, that's fair. See if you dragon. can see him. <laughs> Even on, he has those dragon claws here. on his feet the sure. way that they're drawn. Hey, there's a cat out there. <laughs> hey, there's a cat out there. No. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yes. Stand perfectly still. Everything's fine. He's headed right for us. Don't panic. Fast or slow? Medium. Make that fast. Very fast. I have to go now. Excuse me. He makes everything so much worse. I know. <laughs> so much worse. Oh my goodness. So here's the thing, people. Panicking doesn't help anything. <laughs> this is why you're taught to stay calm. And breathe. Rabbit. Well, of all the silly nincompoops, you got yourself all worked up over a rabbit. Jeremy needs you one of our self-soothe kits. Jeremy needs a fucking Xanax. You were scared <laughs> All the benzos in the world for Jeremy. You hush up. I just say it. You know, Jeremy needs the damn Xanax. Look at this cow. Wait, 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 wait. I gotta go back. I gotta go back. Sorry, guys. We're gonna rewind a little bit. Look at this fucking cat. This, I have never seen a cat like this. This cat, man. This is the most terrifying fucking cat. <laughs> I can imagine. I shit you not. Like, of all... I think my cats are kind of terrifying sometimes, but this cat takes the fucking cake. And I, I want to point out that his description... The way you see this cat here, his description in the book is actually... Like, <laughs> the panic laughter is actually no less terrifying because he's like, he's got five or was it six great big claws? That's okay. how they describe his paws. Like, his paws have six great big curved claws, and he's got a mouthful of like sharp curved teeth. And so, like, this is well drawn comparative to the description. The only thing that makes the description in the book make him seem way more harmless is he's an orange fucking tabby cat. So he's like Milo from Milo and Otis. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's an orange tabby in the book. Not this gigantic, scary, mythical beast that he is here. And, and we're going to yeah. let this play out some more because it is just fucking terrifying. Like, if I had actually been near a cat, I'd be sneezing my brains out. See, Those I'm paws are fucking, like, I'm little dragon claws I'm from myth. Right, look at this. Look at that shit. Look at them claws. <laughs> and he's blind in one eye. Makes it even worse. I know. Wait, wait, is he related to Pirate Cat from Last Unicorn? Look at those claws. I, You know, that's a good question. Is he related to Pirate Cat from The Last Unicorn? That's They're drawn that's very similarly. 
They are. So that's wolf. That's a wolverine. Yes, yes, guy. You're right. That is a fucking wolverine, not a cat. <laughs> the wolverine. So, but here's something I want to talk about because this this is the first this is the first scene of trauma really in this movie. Is this cat? This cat is utterly terrifying. And I remember as a kid how fucking scary this cat was, especially right there in that roar where he's just like. And he comes around the lawn to kill Jeremy. I was just like, oh my god. I mean, like when he's licking like his tongue, I've never seen a cat do that that has this long of a tongue that's like, nah, nah. like legit, let me pull this back just a tiny bit because like I his tongue is in his fucking eyeball. It's ridiculous. Where's it at? Look at that! Look at that thing! It's like right in his I can't. I'm like trying and I like Every time I see it, I'm like, there! It's in his damn eyes! Look at his fucking cornea! Come on! And, <laughs> I'm sorry. I would not want that cat in my house. There's a reason why they've kicked this cat's ass out to the porch and leave him outside. This is a, a barnyard cat. Just, just Listen. flat out. I've owned plenty of barn cats in my life, and I have never met a barn cat that looked like this. <laughs> this is a barn dragon. <laughs> Not to be confused with bad dragons, right? There's exactly. barn dragons, bad dragons, oh. barn dragons, bad dragons. <laughs> it's just now catching up, like, from where I'm streaming. The <laughs> 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 back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. But dude, this cat is fucking terrifying. I'm sorry. This cat, terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Alright, alright, alright. So anyways, you know. <laughs> and then Jeremy, of course, has the audacity to see his face. I'm allergic to that. I'm allergic to Fear on Mrs. Frisbee's face. That is genuine fucking terror. I'm pretty sure she pissed all over that log. I'm not kidding. If she didn't, she's got fucking balls made of steel. That's all I gotta say. Because it's like the horror. Oh fuck! Right? We're all gonna die. Right? Exactly. Holy shit! <laughs> Uh, and then the manufactured drama. Yes. But the oh man, that medicine would have been booing. Oh yeah, that medicine Okay, you gotta give it to Jeremy right here. That is some brave fucking shit that this scaredy cat crow just engaged in. Grabbing this cat's tail and pulling. <laughs> like he rips hair out of this cat's tail. Like, so we could do like the whole N Nicodemus. The courage of the heart is very rare. <laughs> Isn't he a little lower and deeper and slower than that? Isn't he? Hey. Like, the courage of the heart is very rare. That's that's. You have like a more sinister and grab. I, I know. <laughs> I I I get way too sinister. But I mean, Nicodemus himself is kind of sinister. I, Nicodemus I terrified me. No doubt. Like... This is fucking cat, man. This is like... 
like nonstop, like two minutes of trauma from this cat alone. Like this, if you're a kid and you saw this and this was your first introduction to cats, I would never want to own a cat in my life. Right. I'm just saying, like, it's like two minutes of nonstop cat trauma. I would never want to own a cat in my life. I'd be like, have you seen them? They're fucking murder machines. They're related to dragons. Dragons. Legitimately, I saw this thing and it was related to dragons. The first real <laughs> instance of trauma is Dom DeLuise begins sweating. <laughs> 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 yes, Dom Dom. <laughs> I mean, this cat is even deterred by the water, though. I just want to point that out. Like, water doesn't stop this thing. This cat is, like, straight up, full on, like, angry mate. This cat's a boss. <laughs> It is. This cat is definitely a boss. All right, I think I, we're, at a, we're at the water mill now, and she's fine. Jeremy comes to her rescue, brings her back her pack of medicine, and takes her home. Good job. And she doesn't set boundaries with Jeremy, and he won't listen. Oh, yeah. Is that part in here? Is this the, is yeah. the boundary setting in here? Oh, go. We'll skip ahead to that. Yeah. Which one? Do you want the thornbush boundary setting or the the water mill boundary the setting? The water, water mill, mill boundary yeah, setting. Yeah, it's in this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll continue this media scene then, because, like, yeah. So, so Mrs. Frisbee, all throughout the movie, interacting with Jeremy, was always trying to set boundaries with him. <laughs> and he doesn't. He listen. does not listen to boundaries at all. Hey, Miss Mouse, don't Ever. worry. <laughs> I'm hey, Miss okay. Mouse, don't worry. I'm okay. It's fine. Like, see, yeah, I'm great. proud of it. That's not the reason I'm crying. When you're right, you're right. I lost Timmy's medicine. Right. <laughs> I just love that he comes in and it's not, hey, Miss Mouse, why are you crying? It's, it's like the most narcissistic point of view. Hey, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. It's all good. I'm okay. No empathy whatsoever. No, no empathy whatsoever from this fucking bird. And she's like, what's Timmy's medicine? It, it is. It is. Oh, it is. Now I'm like, hey, man, was I great or was I great? Hi, kitten. Look at, look at, yeah. Hi. What you doing? I guess I'm great, mom. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. Do you want, you want, you want stream? Do you want to say hi to the stream? Do you want to turn around and say hi to everybody? No. No. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Where you go? No. 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 Yeah, he's, he straight up has no empathy. He's in there like congratulating oh, no. himself. We don't want to say hi. Say hi to everybody. Hi. 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 Oh, get me off of this now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She does. She hates it when I force her on camera. Great. Did you see that cat? He was all wet, dripping, and with water. Wet, with water. I'll wet go back water. to Mr. Ages tomorrow. <laughs> I lost Timmy's hey, drugs. The mob is gonna kill me. Nobody messes with old Jeremy boy. Nobody. That's it. Timmy's medicine. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Uh huh. It is what it is. I mean, it is. Well, I saw it lying there, and I said, uh, My name is Jeremy. And, and I said, uh, My name is Jeremy. Nice to meet you, packet of shit, but I don't know what it is. Uh, where's home? Uh, uh, my name's Jeremy, by the way. By the stone. 
Well, Hi, Mrs. Frisbee. You like me? Of course I like you. I know. No, I mean, I, I mean, um, I mean, you don't think I'm clumsy or anything? What? Nope. Sorry. And I'll excuse me. Pardon. Ah. Oh. Yep. Well. But she was trying to set boundaries right. there. Like you've I need got to... a lot to learn about how to treat a lady. Right. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. Like bye now. The girls I meet want to get serious. I doubt they'd survive. I just love how she's huh? slowly creeping away Maybe from him, like Jesus Christ, I'm gonna hey, get murdered by her. You were a girl once. You could. <laughs> this is body me language, you know, people. Behave yourself. It's a bird eight times the size of a mouse way. trying to get. I just him. need a few pointers yes. to polish yes. my stuff. You know, Kyle, when I was a kid, that's what I thought. I thought the bird was trying to get with Mrs. Brisby. Frisbee. We can talk in the way. Yes, so did I. I thought he was totally trying to hook up with her. I'm afraid of heights. Okay, then we'll walk. Bye now. I mean, Jeremy just has that sexual predator tension. He does. Oh. And now he's just stalking her back to her I house. I think I got real potential. I mean, I know. I'm she's like, goodbye. Jeremy, you're like a gazillion times. Oh, goodbye. Oh. I need to leave now. Right? He just never stops. Never stops. Even went to the point where he's stepping on her tail. And she's like, dude, you're stepping on my tail. Oh, oh, am I? Am I? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. Jeremy has no concept of boundaries. Just and. <laughs> what? What? I, I mean, I, I have a lag where you don't, so I'm finally seeing him, like, stomping on these lily pads. <laughs> Tim and the fucking lily pads, man. He just could not. To save his life, could not. It's great to be open-minded, but I'm not sure the logistics of bedroom didn't... Yeah, no, no. Body parts don't compute with that. Yeah, I have to agree with that one. Not sure how that one would work. I mean, I'm I'm about as open-minded as they come, but that one's a little rough. I don't. Right. I'm not sure how that's gonna work out so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have Auntie Shrew that comes in. Oh, is she next? She is next, isn't she? She's next, cause this is when. Uh, Mrs. While Mrs. Brisby's off with Jeremy, is this Auntie. A... This is her histrionic, nosy, curtain mafia self. Yeah. When when we meet Mart when we meet Martin, um, Cynthia and the other. Yeah. So this is this is the shrew. If you guys uh, have forgotten who the shrew is. Uh, this is she terrified me too. Those teeth were ridiculous. Right, right. Her teeth were something else. Um, that's that's the shrew. Um, the did she visit it? Is that the night scene that you have on here? I thought she visited during the day. She visited at night first, and then the day is when she tied up Jeremy. Okay, okay. So this must be the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is post Jeremy. So this this scene here is post Jeremy. Auntie Shrew. <laughs> right? Maybe I should go for more. Martin! Martin. Frisbee! Frisbee! 
the shrew. Oh, Auntie. Oh, no. Martin's got the right response. Oh, no. <laughs> not that loud mouth. Speak with your mother. Your auntie is exhausted. Why Postmortem me Jeremy. That I alone should be responsible yes, I for bet the you there is rule 34 of, of uh, the secret of Nim. I I could go find it right now. Oh. Actually, I could do it on this. I already have a window open. <laughs> She's not here. She left you children alone then. BAM! Already there! <laughs> oh my god, that is terrifying. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Frisbee, in poses I did not need to see. Two ages, that old Oh, oh wow. Yeah. It's a very... Well, actually, it's not a... I mean, there's five pages at least. Timothy is very ill. Timmy ill? Timmy ill? I'm not afraid of a dark moth. There it is. I'm not even There's the terrifyingness that I cannot show on stream. This will be, uh, for those of you that are privy to my Discord, uh, this will be in my NSFW channel on Discord. Which one are you looking at your Google? Yeah. Yeah, because Yahoo sucks. Yeah, Oh, no, that's, that doesn't go in the pets one. <laughs> there you go. That is, that is now uh, in, in, in my NSFW channel. You, you Oh, my gosh, it actually showed up on the stream. Oh, God. My wow. Bad, my bad, Twitch. <laughs> Yes, I will speak to him. I forgot that I it was on that monitor. That <laughs> the media stream was playing. And moving days at hand. Prepare to meet your very, very odd family. I, okay. Yeah. yeah. You never know what might be lurking Well, welcome to the shrew. Well, the, the, woo! Wow, they even have Jeremy and Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's the one I was looking for right there. But I forgot that 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 my my Google was on the media stream screen, so it was it was overriding the shroom. But hey, I would like to remind everybody this is a mature stream. <laughs> We're totally gonna get tagged for that one at some point. Watch. Okay, we'll have okay, to, we'll have to edit that. We'll have to edit that scene out. Uh, so this video will have to get edited, which we weren't finally not having to edit our videos, but we'll have to edit this one. I'll just put a paste over it. I'll put a pasty on it. <laughs> I mean, we do tend to re-traumatize people when it comes to this, but there you go. That's how we react to rule 34. That's, that's the logistics of a bird and a mouse. I just want to point that out. You threw an anthropomorphic mouse on top of a, a bird that's, you know, hey, i just giving you what you asked for. I, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> we were talking about being open-minded in the logistics. I just showed you what the logistics looked like with an anthropomorphic mouse and a crow. I'm not saying that it's right, and I'm not saying that it's wrong to each their own. Just saying. 
Maybe we should have one where it's like... Uh, we were talking about ways of doing more streaming. Maybe therapists react to Rule 34. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, therapist reactions. To, but you know what? My reactions would all probably be pretty tame because they would all be like, huh. All right. <laughs> my, my, my bigger reactions are going to be to like things like, hey, Des, you're accidentally showing that on the stream. Ah, <laughs> my bad. All right, so anyways, now that I've traumatized the entire audience, congratulations. This is the movie that traumatized us. Right? And this had to do with the movie. I'm just saying. Total TOS. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so anyways, moving on. Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy and Mrs. Frisbee, this boundary gets set a lot. We're not done yet. She still has more boundary setting to do. Then the shrew comes in. The shrew is really just annoying. She's a shrew. Right. In the, in the book, she's way less annoying. Uh, she actually has a really small part in the book. In the book, she's, right. she's a bit player. She's not important at all. In the movie, she actually has a little bit more importance. She comes and she... Part of what she came for, right, was to notify Mrs. Frisbee that moving day was happening. Because of the thaw. Um... If this stream was ever on the rails, it just took a 90 degree turn. I don't, has this stream ever been on the rails? Well, what are the rails? I don't understand. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I think we were the most on the rails when we had Tim. Right. We actually behaved we somewhat. Did. We did. We did. When Tim was here went for Labyrinth, which was the last one, if you if anybody missed it, you can go watch it or catch it on uh, your favorite podcast uh, service. It's up there. But we were it's probably, on YouTube as well. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, it is also on uh, Spotify. You can find us under the movies that traumatized us. Uh, but yeah, we were the most behaved when Tim was here. <laughs> I, I, just want to point, I just want to point that out. That's We were the most behaved when Tim was here. <laughs> so... If you want mild, you have to give us guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. If you if you don't want me accidentally showing Rule 34, apparently we need to have guests because I don't do things like that when we have guests. I... Rose and, and mice Rule 34. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, leave it leave it up to me. Leave it up to me. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Sorry. I just... Okay. Good night. Bye. It's been fun. No, so... <laughs> So, All right. we were with Auntie Shrew and Martin, right? <laughs> Martin hates Auntie Shrew. With good reason. Well, yeah, because like he said, her nose is always places it doesn't belong. Loud. Now, now my brown is in, now my brown, now my brain is in rule 34, and I was like, yes, Auntie Shrew's nose is in places it does not belong. Which will go really well with the Shibari conversation later. Yes. Yes, it will. <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of this particular scene is when Martin and Shrew get into their back and forth, like a banter, loud mouth, <laughs> obnoxious brat. I think that is right here since i uh you know carry six 
Timothy is very ill. Timmy ill? How dreadful. I'm not afraid of the dark. What? I'm not afraid of the farmer. I can't hear. I'm not even scared of Trey. I'm not even afraid of, of, of the great owl. Will you hush up? I, you hush up. Oh, Precocious monster. Bossy bullfrog. Spoiled brat. Loud mouth. Oh, well. That will be quite enough, thank you. Cast not pearls before swine, I always say. And that includes impudent piglets. Good day. Ah! <laughs> oh, you, you impertinent... Martin! Annie Shrew, what's going on? Indeed. Please, come back inside. Not for a king's ransom. I have just one thing to say. That child is a brat. Yes, I will speak to him. That child is a brat. I love Martin. <laughs> Martin is the best. Of all of her children, I mean, Timothy's great, but of her children, Martin is the best. He he really is precocious, and he really is, like, he just, he's got a mouth. He ain't afraid. You gotta give it to him. The shrew with her, like, elitist cloak. Yes, her little Moving little day is at hand. Moving day is at hand. Screw your, your child. He's a brat. Blah. Yes, exactly. That is how I feel about Shrew, too. <laughs> that's, the statement, that's the statement you give to the media. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I, I I don't think I can say that with a straight face. I'm going to try to say this with a straight face. <clears throat> listen. I've never been to Rule 34 a day in my life until just this moment. Did that work? <laughs> that wasn't believable oh. at all, right? Did that look as fake as it felt? It felt fake. It felt fake. <laughs> just, you know, I tried. I tried. I had no idea what I was in for when I typed it in. I didn't. Oh, that. Yep. Yeah, no. That's, that doesn't work. All right. So I, I give up. I give up. I am not a crook. <laughs> But the whole purpose of Shrew visiting was just to tell them about moving day. Now, in the book, uh, Mrs. Frisbee narrowly dodges getting eaten by dragon to find out that moving day is upon them. Uh, because she comes out and she she sees the farmer going into the shed and she wants to know what's going on. And so she climbs into a hole in a fence post and looks out and watches him pull the tractor out and overhears yeah. him talking about how the ground is finally thawed. And then uh, she... On the way down, Dragon almost gets her. Uh, she narrowly escapes. Not because Dragon was actually there to get her. Dragon had been drugged. So we'll, we'll get we'll get to the drugging of Dragon. Because he's bad. Later. I don't feel bad for that. <laughs> so, it's, you know, I mean, all things considered... I think next is the Great Owl, right? Uh, la, 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 la. Nope, next is when they sabotage the tractor. <clears throat> is next is the sabotage of the tractor, really? Mm -hmm. uh, do we have that one in here? We should, because that was a terrifying scene. He tries to stop the tractor, yes. Yes. 
so this scene comes up uh legit i agree this was a pretty terrifying scene uh that that's a pretty big lie kai i agree wow that's that's hard when 1,000 kittens committed suicide. Man, because of a lie. That's just terrible. Drogon. <laughs> Drogon. <laughs> you know, I mean, you guys come for entertainment. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Are you gonna do 300? No, a gladiator. Are, Are you not entertained? Don't suppose you've packed. What and then you have the emperor in the box that's like well child that tractor surely will for the last time uh, you know i mean it's too late the music the music is so just like you know bad shit's happening naked mouse was that fucking like that rabbit looks so much Run. like rabbit. The when it... is Run. True. Run. You know, I just noticed there's a lot of greenery here for post-winter. Children out Mommy, we can't leave Timmy. Go with Andy Shrew. I've got to try and stop that thing. Wait! You're out of your mind! Frisbee! Come back! Like, everything about this just feels sinister. Uh-huh. Now, in the book, this doesn't happen. In the book, he has to go get a new pin to attach the plow to the tractor. And it'll so, take about a yeah, and it'll take about a week. He's not able to actually plow the fields yet. You're right, Kai. He does walk around pantless. You know, at least Gadget had, you know, wore pants. I'm just saying. Gadget wore a whole coverall. Sure, body suit. I'm sorry, but Gadget was fucking hot. We can't We're not I didn't trying watch to. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers for anything other than Gadget. That is why I watched that show. She is the whole reason I watched that show. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm just gonna throw it out there. She is the whole reason I watched that show. How did you know that you are lesbian, bisexual, or pan? Oh, I watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Come on. <laughs> Why are so many 90s kids furries? Take your pick. Stop it. So, she does a thing here, right? Let's talk about this for a minute because this is actually a really big deal. 
she throws herself into danger for her kids. And I mean, we all know parental instinct. I mean, a lot of us have, have heard tales, we all talk about it, right? Where a parent will throw themselves into harm's way to save their own children, right? I mean, I know I would do it. If, if it came to me getting hit by a car to save my kid, would I get hit by the car to save my kid? Yeah. Wouldn't it suck ass? Yeah, but would I think twice about it? No, I probably wouldn't. Right? Like, I, I can hey. think twice about it in the hypothetical, but I know in the moment I would jump in front of that vehicle to shove my kid out of the way. <laughs> and she literally, that's what she's doing here. And and what this is setting up for us, I think, is the really important part. It's trying to show us very early on, you know, it's that level of foreshadowing about how brave Mrs. Frisbee really is. She right. she constantly is denigrating herself. She doesn't think she's that strong. She doesn't think she's that brave. She doesn't think she's that capable. All she's thinking about is how she protects her children. That's the only thing she's thinking about is, what do I need to do to protect my children? She needed to stop that tractor to protect her children. She could have been run over. She could have been hit by the plow. She could have been killed, right? Any any number of things could have happened right there. Now, but the fact, it wasn't her who stopped it. It was the shrew. <laughs> Right. But she still threw herself into the line of danger. Like, she was still willing to get into that line of fire. And this is a perfect level of foreshadow. Um, in the book, it takes a lot longer for her to get here. And the, right. In the book, she doesn't really get here until, well, actually after this, because we're about to go see see the Great Owl now. Um, Wait, is it the Great Owl now? Who tells her to go to the Great Owl? Was it? It wasn't the shrew. shrew. Is it the Shrew? Yeah, in the in the movie, it's the Shrew. In the book, I I'm not sure. It might be Jeremy. In yeah, the Jeremy. Book, it's Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the, in the here, it's the Shrew. It's like you need to see the Great Owl. Owl. Yes. So some things were taken away from Jeremy and given to the Shrew, and I think that's because they already realized how creepy Jeremy was on screen. They were trying to. To limit it, you know, alleviate some of that creep factor that Jeremy had going on after he just like, you know, rampage stalked her across the lily pads, stepped on her tail, you know. And he just keeps getting creepier. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get better. He doesn't get better. Uh, so next she goes to see the owl. And honestly, honestly, when we get to the owl, we talk about the next level of terrifying scene here. Um, I am looking for the owl. So this is the owl, uh, right here. He goes to see the owl. Jeremy carries her to the owl. That happens the same in the book. <laughs> nice uh, evening, huh? I told you you were flying. I don't know how I let you talk me into this. Uh, don't thank me, Miss Briz. At this point in the book, she's this we is like the, the third time owl, she's written on his just back. Just what to do about everything. So Owls you know, mice. she. Only after dark. Nope, I'm not gonna make the bareback comment. I was gonna do it. Just, <laughs> just, just gonna leave that there for everybody else. But the owl is truly terrifying. Absolutely. I ran and hid as a kid. And then all the, the lead up, like the spider and the bones. Yes. And... So everything about this scene, I, like everything here, let's let's stop here for a second. 
everything about this particular point, the music, the artwork, the coloring that they chose, uh, the way people talk, everything about this sets the tone very, very solidly. Like, you can already feel your, like, if you're, if you're prone to anxiety, you should already, like, you could probably already feel your anxiety just up from the way the music is in this scene. They do a very good job at setting everything about this is a very dangerous place for her to be. At least IMO. Like, I, maybe you guys see it a little bit differently, but I, this is where my brain is at with it. And I felt like even as a kid, I was like, there's nothing good about her being here. Right. I mean, owls eat mice. She right. even says it. Right. <clears throat> and those bones, you wonder what kind of animals those bones are from. Exactly. The cobwebs, the wind. Hello? The, the light, slight echo. Anybody home? Well, the place looks deserted. I guess we better get out of here. Step inside my house. No, no, motherfucker. I am not stepping inside your house. <laughs> no, come inside. Or go away. <laughs> he, in the book, he greets her at the entrance to the house. And he's like, if you want to talk to me, you have to come inside. Come inside or go away. <sighs> Timothy. Remember Timothy. So mustering courage for her children. Right. Fun fact, the actor who voiced the owl was on pain medication the entire time. So, like, the music, like, all of this right here is just so well done. Now, one of the things we were talking about before uh, we turned the stream on tonight, uh, Kumo, this spider stalking her like uh. spiders fuck creepy shit yes they did such a good job with the spider i'm just like salivating yes and it's little like jowls chittering and then the foot of the owl crushing it just and then the like this green ooze even the spiders don't have green ooze yeah but and then creepy owl eyes and like her panic is legit right here <gasps> His old gnarled feet. Mm-hmm. And they have warts. I, yeah. I don't. I don't understand that part. For, forgive me for disturbing you, but my son's life is in great danger. The plow has come early this year. Move your family. Pneumonia. He can't even get out of bed. You must move 
going to a place where it'll be safe. That part where his head's like they're upside down. Yes. There is no other way. I must bid you good evening, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Brisby. Brisby. Mrs. Jonathan Brisby. I love how as soon as he Why learns yes. that she's Mrs. Jonathan Brisby, husband. she's like, but how do you everything know changes. Him? Oh, them fucking that eyes. Is not important. Mrs. I Jonathan Brisby. His name is not unknown in these woods. Please, sir. I'll do anything to save Timmy. Anything. She's almost in tears. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean... She's legit probably having a panic attack right here. Oh, or an yeah, exact there's no way. In the rosebush. I mean, that that's like a shark coming up to us with his mouth open and not Go biting there. us. Right? Ask for Nicodemus. Nicodemus? But how can they help? They must move your house to the lee of the stone. No rat could move my house. It's... They have oh, the the <laughs> <sighs> but I will do as you say. Fucking spectrum. <laughs> I must go. Not winning any favors. He's got that creepy limp too. Remember. Do what? He has that creepy limp. Oh yeah. Cause he's old. In the book, he talks about dying in the tree. Well, okay, so in the book, he talks not only about dying in the tree, but he talks about how he's how long he's lived in this tree, how old this tree is, how when the wind blows, he can hear the roots of the tree breaking, and he knows that one day the tree is going to fall, and he's too lazy to move because he doesn't want to find a new home, so he knows he'll fall with the tree. He doesn't want to battle all the young owls for the tree or any any other creatures that are in there. Right. He just wants to do his thing because he knows he's old and he knows he's lived a long life and you know, you know. But honestly, the owl like was super terrifying when I was a kid. Yes, completely terrifying. Like everything about him, from the way he moves, like he's got those weird jerky movements, mm -hmm. to all of the cracking. His weird, like, creepy owl eyes that glow. Right, and I thought the spider webs were like smoke when I was a kid. Oh. Like, smoke just came off his feet and stuff. Yeah. And then realized they're actually spider webs. I, I never thought about that. I mean, as a kid, I realized they were spider webs, but yeah, I could totally see that. They did such a great job. And that's one of the things. Like, I know we've talked about it before. We know that I love good practical effects and I love really good animation. And this is another one of those instances where good animation makes this scene. Everything about this is so terrifying. Not just because of the music and the coloring, but the way this, the way they animated the owl. He's animated, I would say, almost completely different than any other creature in the, in the movie. Except for Nicodemus. Yes, except for... Yeah, you're getting a little bit of reverb back through Nikki's. Um, Sorry. Uh, yeah, Valkyr. Yeah, when it, when it all collapses, oh well. And, and that's the thing. The owl just kind of felt that way in the book. And, and you don't get it so much here. But you definitely see 
how frightening this owl is. In the book, he didn't seem nearly as frightening. But you knew he was supposed to be frightening. Uh, here, you see it. You can, it's, it's almost palpable. Like, you can, the tension is there in the music and the way they animated everything. The cobwebs are so wispy in the way that they flow and they move. And then just the way he walks and the crunching sounds and everything that he makes as he's moving through the scene. And I think she's trying to adjust her game there. Um, you know, it, it just makes such a, a big difference in the way it's animated that leads to the sheer level of of fear of anxiety of uh, and and like that's what makes this owl traumatizing honestly it's just all of those factors combined leave you with that sense of dread right it's just that whole the way that they colored it the the dark the really dark muted colors the everything, the how they did the wispy, the cobwebs, the squishing of the, the spider, and, you know, all of basically Mrs. Frisbee's panic attack. Like, you could see her emotions. Like, all of oh, it. Yeah, just that whole, like... She's she just that level of terror that she shows. And, and it's not the first time. She shows it several times in the movie. Like, she has... Um, she has that really like heavy palpable terror face and you know she's scared like from that moment with dragon to this moment with the owl and we're gonna see it again here in a minute because she's about to go to the rose bush um and we're gonna meet <laughs> i think probably one of the scariest and most sinister moments with the rats all combined except for towards the end and when we meet Nicodemus because we're going to meet this lovely rat right here. And this rat is just unrelenting in the movie when she first... But Brutus or Jenner? Brutus. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Brutus. Uh, and I think I think that one is here because I know there's a rosebush one in here. Mrs. Brisby goes to the rosebush. Yeah. So when we look at this, she approaches the rosebush. This is where the owl tells her to go. Go meet the rats. So she heads off to meet the rats. And this is her second time setting boundaries with Jeremy. <laughs> yes. Yes. When uh, you see says, her manipulation. <laughs> yeah. Well, doesn't doesn't that happen before this? Or is it after? No, it happens at the rosebush. Oh, okay. So she wanders in, and this place, again, we get back to exactly what we were talking about before, these dark, muted colors, like, and then we get these extra added effects, right? The flashing lights, the lightning, the haunting music, the weird living vines, everything that you could possibly want to make this even just the tiniest bit creepier is here. And this is one of the things where the movie deviates a lot from the book. Um, the rats have electricity in the book. I yes. forgot about that scene. But not to, to the level that they have it here. Uh, here, everything they have is a little more mystical, a little more magical, a little more unexplained. 
I do like this imaging of the pathway to the arch that she goes to. Right. And the book, you assume it's like basically a stone path. This makes it look a lot more fairy tale. Right, it makes, yeah. So part of what the movie does... Oh yeah, that scene right there. Hello? Uh, I'm Mrs. Brisby. Uh, uh, I, I was told to see Nicodemus. Are you Nicodemus? Please. I need help. You can see like all the found objects that they strung up everywhere. Right? I was scared. Mm-hmm. Like, Brutus scared me. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. Like, but his eyes look like his eyes are blank and like got the electric staff. Like he legit was is gonna kill her. Uh-huh. Who goes there? And in the book he's so he's so derpy in the book. He is. In the book he's a lot he here? talks to her in the book. Oh, but she does run away from him in the book, and he just keeps following her, and she meets Mr. Ages. Oh, you had better march straight back out the way you came. I can't bring Timothy out. Except that Mr. Ages doesn't try to dismiss her and send her away in the book. That doesn't explain what you're doing here. Because she met the litmus test of going to the owl. Right. told me to see Nicodemus. Oh, yes, perhaps you should... The owl, said? Here now, what owl? What are you talking about? I went to see the great owl. Owl? You say you saw the owl? Yes. And he said I should ask for Nicodemus. I, I, yes, I, I know Nicodemus. He lives with the rats. More specifically, he's the leader of the rats. You know him? No one has ever seen the owl. <laughs> live to tell about it. Please, could you take me to see Nicodemus? I love how he's just like, no one sees the owl and lives. Right. Well, I did. <laughs> For your sake, I hope you're telling the truth. I mean, obviously, Mr. Ages, that is not true. What about People the see the owl and live. Entrance. I can't go back there. I can't. Oh, that's just Brutus. Follow me. Well, come on. So the the movie also I don't think explains how Mr. Ages broke his leg. I think they did, like, a really quick snippet, but you don't catch it unless you're actually listening for it. So, but I, I, yeah, I, that might be the case. Like, they must explain it, like, a little further in after she meets Nicodemus and, and all of them. Um, yet, Brutus is just scary. I mean, everything about, let's, let's look at this, this picture again, you know, of Brutus. Everything about him here is just kind of terrifying. And they do a good job. We, so I was mentioning this earlier, actually. Um, and, and we didn't uh, we didn't actually get to, to get onto the subject of it. But right before we started the stream, we were talking about how red is such a prominent color in this movie. Uh, everywhere you look in this movie, in every almost every scene, there's these orangish red overtones. Uh, you can go back to the owl. 
appear in his eyes. Um, you can go back to uh, the shrew uh, here in the background. Uh, we can go back to... Even when they're flying to the owl, it's the red. The kids back here in the background, you see these pinkish hues and these reds coming in from the back. Uh, we can look at pictures of dragon. These backgrounds are these old, all these old orangey uh, red overtones. Um, do I have... And that's just a bunch of little stills, but you can still see it even here, like her red cape. This nice muted golden color that's coming off the book. We'll get to that here in a minute anyways. Um, and we haven't talked about about Jenner yet, but even here with Jenner, you can see it. There's His backgrounds are these muted oranges and this red, you know, and even his cape. You know, even though this is pink, pink is really just light red. So, like, everywhere in this movie, there's these heavy red overtones um, and undertones that are just kind of scattered all throughout. And... You know, symbolically speaking, red is power. Red can also be representative of things like courage and strength. Um, but it can also be sinister when it's tied with other things, right? Uh, especially music or the way emotions are displayed. Uh, and so they do this really good job of, the, of color coding what's happening in the movie by using red. It's all over. And, mm -hmm. and it's part of what adds to the kind of underlying continued trauma that happens throughout the movie. Because even in scenes that aren't all that traumatic, you still have these little moments of, like, tiny implied trauma. Uh, and that might be hard to understand, but they're, they're kind of there. Let, again, let's look at Jenner for a second, right? He looks, by the way, a lot like Radigan, if you guys know who Radigan is. It's one of the things that really kind of bothered me when I actually took a hard look at Jenner and realized that. But just this scene, color sets the stage. It's not just Jenner's, like, face. It's not just how sinister his eyebrows are with the deep arches and the narrow eyes and the sharp pointy teeth and the curled sneer right? It's the red. The red brings the rest of it out, and it makes everything sort of pop on the scene. And so it really gives it the rest of that underlying tone that you're looking for to induce kind of a almost anxious fear state. Um, but that's 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 going into like the, the deep symbology of everything. And I only bring it up because it was something we were talking about beforehand, because red is everywhere in this movie. And now that I've pointed it out, you're probably going to see it a lot more. Uh, we get into the rats, and you're going to see a lot of blues and greens. In fact, we get into the uh, the villain green uh, while we're... And, and if you guys know anything about old Disney movies, there is this villain green color, right, that all the villains have. And we're going to have some villain green coming up here, but it also helps set the stage for those moments that are supposed to be scary and ominous and dark. Uh, you know, so Mr. A just comes in and now he's no longer dismissive. Now Mrs. Brisby has something that makes Mr. Ages suddenly stop being as curmudgeony dismissive asshole that he is because he's like, wait a minute, you went to see the great owl? <coughs> are, are you kidding me? You went to see the great owl and, and, and no one, no one sees the owl and lives. But clearly not the case. 
And so suddenly he's thrown into this predicament where he has to be like, well, wait, now you're important. And now that right, she yeah. has suddenly had her status elevated, he's like, well, well, well come, come, come with me, come with me. You know, don't worry about the rest of this this tomfoolery. Don't worry about these other people. Just come with me. We're going to go see Nicodemus. And I believe that takes us to the Jenner and Justin scene, right? It should, because they're having the meeting. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Ages leads her on down into the kingdom of the rats and takes her into the meeting room where they're holding this meeting to discuss the plan. And this is the part where Mrs. Brisby's balloon is now expanding into the story of the rats, right? Because the rats have had their story happening all this time around us. We just weren't privy to it. And now her balloon is expanded into their space and is overlapping. And so that's what we get into with this. Your affair. Now, to what you are about to see and hear, you must swear absolute secrecy. Yes, I understand. Swear it. I promise. That also Any happens in the book. Out. Mr. Aegis makes her promise to secrecy before he takes her in. To blow mm -hmm. the place apart. Is it always so dark? We're down three feet. <clears throat> oh, it's the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. Reveal my name. Justin, you featherhead. Get your hands off me. Okay, okay, <laughs> just a joke. I didn't mean any harm. I love Justin. The meeting's already in progress. <laughs> What's this all about? Who may I ask? Oh, yes, yes, she can be trusted. This is no stranger. My dear, may I present Justin, the captain of the guard. Justin, Mrs. Brisby. Not Mrs. Jonathan Brisby. Yes, the same. It is an honor and a privilege, my lady. If we could dispense with the formalities. I love how Beautiful. reverent. Ah, those dreamy eyes They're that she lovely. makes at him. Yes, they mm -hmm. are. We've had electricity for four years now. Five. Jonathan often spoke of electricity. But you see, our shame is that we're stealing it from Farmer Fitzgibbons. Stealing? All of that is going to change. He means we're working on a plan. I mean that we have a plan. And this stealing will stop. Now, uh... Oh, oh yes, well, why did you send for me? It's Jenner. He's at it again. Uh, there blows so no none wind. of this in the book was Before quite the this elaborate. Now. There was an elevator. He's there were also Nicodemus stairs. Openly. They and took the, the elevator <laughs> because Nothing the stairs uh, would have been pass. too much for Beware Mr. Ages to take with the broken leg. Dangerous. But this really does convey a lot about how technologically advanced the rats actually are. And the book does it through good storytelling, you get an idea of how Sorry smart they are. But the way the book tells it wouldn't convey it so No, well sweet screen. lady, you are um, here. So it's uh, really good that they did it this way, even though it seems far-fetched and you have to suspend your disbelief hmm. for it even more than you already are. It almost feels like that the water part is going in the well. Right? Nicodemus would have us destroy this colony. 
of starvation in some wilderness. <laughs> Good old Jenner. Wait. Listen. Moving to Thorn Valley is a good plan. Fine. We have everything we need right here. Oh, I didn't notice the grain storage light before. Yeah. Of the sign. Yeah. Even though they didn't pass grain storage for much later, till much later in the book. I agree. Mm -hmm. In fact, these aren't even on the same level in the book. Right. Hear me. The Thorn Valley plan is the aspiration of idiots and dreamers. We... <laughs> We were just talking about Justin's just like, whatever, old man, just go inside. Jenner, usually you're screaming about us. <laughs> Who is that? You know the rules. There are no visitors allowed here. May I present Mrs. Jonathan Brisby? Jenner with Jonathan his flowing Brisby. cape. She's right. not one of us. What's the meaning of this? Send her away. Let's get back to business. Wait, wait. She has been to see the great owl. He has told her that we could move the Brisby home to safety. Her home was Jonathan's home. We have urgent problems of our own. Let the lower creatures fend for themselves. Order! Wait, my friend. I smell an opportunity. What? Maneuvers of this nature are dangerous. Accidents could happen. Accident? Jenner? I'll explain later. Mrs. Brisby, a thousand pardons, my dear. Forgive the ill temper of my colleague. It would be an honor to assist Jonathan's widow in any way. We are but your humble servants. Thank you. You know, he's very Scar right there. Mm -hmm. When he's saying that, like, I just picture Scar at that moment where he's got his paws latched into Mufasa and he's like, long live. King <laughs> 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 throws him back down into the valley to get trampled by fucking wildebeest. But uh, so obviously uh, the muted reds are all throughout this from the very beginner. Uh, yeah, exactly, Kai. Lower creature. Yes, they very again dismissive of everyone that's not them. So I think I think that one of the big things that's missing from the movie that's in the book is the backstory on Jenner. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to cover that for a minute before we move on, even though it also partially requires some some level of int introduction to Nicodemus. In the book, Jenner is not here. This is being, Nicodemus is here, they're talking about all of this, uh, and there's no argument. There's none of this dismissive panel of, like, we shouldn't go to Thorn Valley. Uh, in the book, what happened is Jenner and some separatists, uh, six other rats, leave. They, they, they abandon the Thorn the thorn Valley idea, and they abandon all of the rats, and they go set out on their own. Jenner also is the best friend of Nicodemus. Uh, and this was a point that Nicodemus and Jenner did not agree on. Jenner wanted to stay here in the Rosebush. He didn't want to go to Thorn Valley because... Life here at the Rosebush is easy. They have electricity, they have water, they have food. They have everything that they need. And the hitch to all of that is, is what starts the plan is that the rats are smart enough to know that they're stealing. And and Justin sets that up, talking about how, you know, the, their shame is that they're stealing. The rats know they're stealing and they don't want to steal. And part of that comes from the fact that part 
how they feel society views rats has to do with the fact that rats steal food. They steal scraps, they steal space, they steal all of this. Now, anybody that knows me IRL knows that I absolutely love rats. They're some of my favorite creatures on the whole planet. They're super fucking intelligent. If you don't know about rats, please learn. They're awesome creatures. They love to be loved. Uh, they're actually super clean despite our belief systems about rats. But that's that's a tangent for another time. My point here is, is that they don't want people to continue to see rats as bad. So they want to show that rats can do stuff on their own. That they don't need to steal to make it. That's what the plan is about. Jenner doesn't want to do that because it goes against the fact that everything that they have right now is very easy, very simple. Everything is here. Running water, amenities, right? It's all about amenities. None of us like to be without our amenities. That's what Jenner doesn't want. He doesn't want to have to start over. He doesn't want to work hard. He doesn't want to have to do hard labor. He wants his easy amenities. Right, and it even says in the book that Jenner's smarter than Nicodemus. Yes. So in the book, uh, Nicodemus acknowledges that Jenner is smarter than him. Uh, and that Jenner was, in a lot of ways, other than... Justin is the smartest uh, in the book. Um, and even in the movie, you kind of learn that Justin is really the smartest of all of them. Uh, he was the first rat that was able to do a lot of the things that all of the other rats were later able to do. Justin um, figures things out faster and quicker than almost everybody else. Beside the point, though, uh, it, it is important to note from the book to hear that Nicodemus does say, yes, Jenner is smarter than me. Jenner, Jenner knows a lot. Jenner figured things out very quickly. He understood things better. Even before they became uh, enhanced by Nim, Jenner was in a better position. But Jenner is obviously a sinister dickhead. So from this point on, you know, there's nothing sinister about this other than Jenner. And there's nothing traumatizing that happens here. But you get the feeling that Jenner is not a good person, right? We all know this. Uh, and next we go to Nicodemus, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I am looking for that scene. And the, the mystical all-seeing oh, eye. Yes, like this is the shit. I got Nicodemus's death. There's Jenner's plan. It might be Mrs. Brisby learns about the rats of Nim. Knows the story? Yeah. That one? Okay. So, this then should be meeting Nicodemus. Well, this is a little after meeting Nicodemus. It might be at the end of the clip with Jenner, then. Would it be Jenner's plan? Not the best. Uh, this is obviously a, a, a portrait rendering of Nicodemus. Um, but it, I don't feel like this gives you the sense of feeling of Nicodemus that Nicodemus really brings to the scene when he comes into uh, the story. So we'll go with the knows too much clip. Which is this one. So, part of this, like, in the book, the rats don't have this level of mystical tech. Um, but, again, in the movie, this really helps set the stage for how intelligent the rats are. Uh, also, in the book, 
Nicodemus is not old. Right. He's much younger. He's like a middle-aged rat in the yeah. book. And he also has an eye patch. Yes. Now, this is a little bit the story of how they were captured in the book. And NIM stands for National Institute of Mental Health. They were put through the most unspeakable tortures to satisfy some scientific curiosity. Often at night, I would hear them crying out in anguish. Twenty rats and eleven mice were given injections. In the book, it's 40 rats and 13 mice. Mm-hmm. But there's... Well, there's 60 rats total, but there's one control group, a group B, and a group A. And all of the rats in are group A. I think the mice are group G? Yeah, mice are Yeah, the book didn't make the changes as traumatic as... No. Now, also, interestingly enough, Nicodemus is telling the story, and he says one night he looked under the door and he could read the words, and he knew to lift the latch and, uh, you know, lift the latch and pull. Uh, and that's actually something that Justin did. Justin, after several times of being taken out and given injections, and they had already at this point been learning to read because of the experiments that they were being put through, uh, Justin figured out how to open his cage door. He was the first rat to let himself loose. He was the first rat to uh, explore and go out and about um, and, and also, you know, basically recognize the words underneath the, the thing. Now, it's Jenner who clues them in that they're in a laboratory uh, and that this is the rat holding room. Right. And I thought the book was interesting on how they were, how they said how they learned how to read. Like, the shapes. Yes, okay, so, yeah, in the book, how it's described is that they were shown a picture, right? Uh, and, like, then the person would say to them over and over, like, if they showed them the R, they would say R, 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 R. And then they would show the A, and they'd be like, A, 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 A. And then they'd show them the T, and it's the same thing over and over, right? And then eventually they would show them a picture and then put the word underneath the picture after having shown them these letters so that they would get rat. And so, like, that's how they, they describe them learning how to read in the book because, after all, words are just a thing to help us picture something in our mind, right? Like, a word for rat teaches us to see a rat in our mind, which is really kind of how it works at some level, though I'm sure SLP would tell me, no, that's not... Not right either, but, you know, that's beside the point. So, but it was, you're right. It was really interesting how they did that. And and the way that they got all of this done in, in the book was way less traumatic than just even here. The way, But it's the flashing lights and the intense music and the color shifting that really makes it intense here. Not quite traumatizing, <laughs> but definitely intense. I think it was traumatizing for the rats. Definitely traumatizing for the rats. Kept secret from the scientists. 
and in the quiet of the night, we escaped through the ventilation system. Interesting. So they included all of the elements here that were from the book, the, the string, mm -hmm. uh, the ventilation duct. This is not how they got in. It was actually like a, a push duct that you like, you know, the old floor vents where you could change the direction of the airflow by by rolling the little thing and it would move the vent. It was that kind of a vent that they pushed open and they crawled into. Um, but they did take a screwdriver in with them along with this thread to help them find their way around. And they would tie one end of the thread to the screwdriver so it was unmovable. And then they would go until the spool ran out until they learned their way through the air ducts so that they could find their way out. That's from the book. Obviously, we're condensing it for the movie and making it, you know, its own thing. The mice were blown away. Sucked down dark air shafts to their deaths. All except two, Jonathan and Mr. Ages. We were trapped by a locked door. It was Jonathan who made possible the unlocking of the door. So that's also partially true from the book. Um, but they all blew away. They didn't know if the mice died. Uh, but that happened when they reached the point where they were locked behind this door. Um, that's where they got blown away. And it was Jonathan and Mr. Ages who go out and find that there's a latch holding it closed. And Jonathan and Mr. Ages spring them and open the door and make it so everybody can get away. Just want to clarify that. Not that it matters, but again. <laughs> I have a gift. Come. Jonathan meant it for you. Ah, I feel sad because we don't have, like, the weird villain green that comes when Nicodemus first comes on scene. And his, like, hands and, like, his eyes. Because Nicodemus was downright fucking terrifying. He's terrifying here, too. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but not to the level he was when he first shows up and, like, he's got all of that, like, villain green fog around him and, like... His hands are coming in and his eyes are glowing and like you have that moment where you're just like, damn, damn, <laughs> damn. Um, I mean, I can try to pull it if you want real quick. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, it's just definitely one of those things that like Nicodemus scared the piss out of me when I was a kid. Like at like that beginning scene with him, like it was just terrifying for me. Um, but one of the things that I want to point out, and, and I know we talk about it a lot in each one of the movies where we talk about endings, and this ending is no different, but the way they do it here is kind of interesting because they hit you with all of these traumas, and they do it pretty pretty close together. Um, it seems really spread out because of the way we talk about things and the way we jump around, but a lot of this stuff happens pretty quickly. I mean, this the movie as a whole was, what, 120 minutes? Yeah, it wasn't a very long movie at all. And, I, I mean, I don't even know if it was 120 minutes. I think it might have been even less than that, if I want to be entirely honest.
an hour and 22 minutes. So, yeah, it's it's not it's not a long movie. And you know, so they hit you very quickly. A lot of these trauma scenes happen pretty close together, like back to back to back. Like we go right from the owl, we have a brief reprieve and then we go into the rose bush with Brutus. And then we go from <laughs> Brutus down to the scene with Jenner and then right into this like terrifying moment with Nicodemus and we start to learn the truth about things. And then we go from this scene with Nicodemus back outside to Jeremy and we have a little bit of lighthearted interaction and laughter. And then we get to the next scene with this crazy fucking Wolverine cat. <laughs> just, just saying. I don't know how else to describe this cat. Um, and I do believe that's the risks her life for her children clip. Yes, she goes into Drug Dragon. Yes, I think that's the one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not the Stop the Tractor. So, I don't think I have the Bush... No, no, this is the Shibari clip. Where is the it? Sh yes, the Shibari clip! <laughs> goes to the Rose Bush, Stop the Tractor story that's meeting jeremy is it the sparkly scene or is it the lullaby for timothy scene no it's the it might be the i love kids scene. ah yes yes it might be that one right there oh <laughs> where do you live i know it's in Just here just this stay is when she's about trouble. to go into the Not to the worry, Mrs. Fizz. I love kids, and kids love me. Kids love me, and I love kids. Oh, I love the kid and the kid. With the kid, the kid. Dragon, you lazy kitty, go catch some of those rats out in the barn. You never seen a cat sleep so much. <laughs> it wasn't that one, but that was she does try to set boundaries with Jeremy in that scene, but we didn't see it. It wasn't it wasn't a big enough clip for that. Uh I thought I had the Shibari scene. Well, we have the Shibari we have a we have a we have an image of it still. Uh YouTube failed me. Yeah, that's okay, that's okay. So <laughs> This is this is a half-hearted scene where the shrew has has uh <clears throat> Jeremy tied up and I shit you not uh, I assume everybody out there knows what Shibari is. If you don't, please look up two naughty boys and you can find out. And just, you know what? I, I'm just gonna say it's a good book, especially if you want to learn Shibari. It's a good beginner's book. Two naughty boys. It's a it's rope play. It is right. <laughs> so, anyways. She ties him up, and she trusses his ass up well. Her knots are good. I'm just going to say that. She literally, she's about to tie, in this scene right here, what you don't see, she's about to tie a loop, throw it around his mouth, and pull it, and he's done. She literally then only has one more rope that she could pull on, and she would string him up like a fucking hammock. <laughs> like, I kid you not. The thing, though, that's terrifying about the whole Shibari scene here is that the kids come out... And they literally know how to undo it with no effort. That makes me a little worried. 
I just and then say. Martin does a tickle torture scene on Jeremy. Yes, that's right. He does do a tickle torture scene on Jeremy after that. So, you know, which then throws a little more creepy onto the whole "I love kids, kids love me, I love kids, kids love me." <laughs> just saying, guys. Go back to Kai's, you know, statement earlier there in chat about Don't Tell Louise being the ultimate trauma in here. I'm starting to think you might be right. I hadn't noticed it. Now I'm like, mm -ha, ah, maybe he's But right. like the, bar the, the banter between Martin and Shrew could also be she's teaching him how to be a dominant. Right? Legit. Legit. She could be teaching him how to be a dom. You're right. That, that is very true. Why the shrew is teaching Martin how to be a dom, I don't know. And I'm not sure I want to know. We did have this discussion when we watched the movie. It's very obvious that his sisters are not doms. But hey, you know. But Martin is. Martin. Oh, and, and by the way, Martin is voiced by Will Wheaton. Oh, yeah, that's right. In case you guys didn't know that. Will Wheaton, yes, Will Wheaton <laughs> is voicing Martin. Totally knocked us for a loop when we saw that. Uh, we did not quite realize that Will Wheaton was the voice of Martin. And we actually went down the rabbit hole to find out for sure that it was the Will Wheaton who voiced Martin. Wasn't this like one of his first credits? Uh, yeah, it's, like, way down on the list, but, yeah, it's, like, one of his first credits. I think he only had, like, two or three things before it. Yeah, we went down the IMBD rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, we definitely hit the IMDB rabbit hole to find out about Will Wheaton voicing Martin uh, in this movie. Because I had no I don't know how that has escaped me all these years, that Martin was voiced by Will Wheaton. Well, he sounds like a kid in this movie, because he was a kid. Well, legit, yeah. But still, like, that, I just feel like it's something I would have thought of. Like, but it's not. It just, I, I, it never dawned on me that I, I didn't ever put two and two together that Martin Will Wheaton's voice was actually Will Wheaton. So, <laughs> you know, props to Will Wheaton on that one. Just saying. You when know. Wesley Crusher was a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I have to forgive you for that. I like of all the comparisons you could have made. Why Wesley Crusher? Ah, because that's the biggest role. I don't know if that's his biggest role anymore. Is it not really? anymore? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but yes, yeah. It's hard for me to imagine that Wesley Crusher, Will Wheaton, is Martin. Will Wheaton. Like, it's very hard for my brain to put that together. So, you know, just in case all of you wanted that little bit of trivia, uh, this one. Now right you know. Here, that one, right there. Will Wheaton, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. So, <laughs> just say. <laughs> so, after this, uh, we move into the rats coming to move. Well, no, no, no. We go to dragon. Yeah, we go to dragon, dragon. Uh, yeah, we go. We go to dragon, dragon. Uh, which is in here? I know we have that clip. I saw that one as one of the clips we have in here. Right? Was I wrong? 
I don't know. Apparently, all the ones I wanted to get, I did not get. Hello, <laughs> Mr. Ages. Risks are life for our children. Isn't that, wait, that's the, is that it? Nope, that's when she goes to the stone. Okay. That's the mirror mirror. Wow, did we not have that one? Okay, I guess not. Well, I did really good. That's okay. <laughs> so, from this, Mrs. Brisby is about to do the biggest thing. And, and this sets up another whole scene. Um, it's not, I don't know that I thought this scene was quite as traumatizing as the first scene with Dragon. But Mrs. Brisby has to enter into uh, the house. Into the farmer's house. And she's got to go drug Dragon's food. And this is how she lost her husband. And she just learned that this is how she lost her husband. Nicodemus and Mr. Ages just told her that Jonathan died doing this exact thing that she's about to do. And after she learns that, she volunteers to go and do it. And honestly, you gotta hand it to the girl. That's some stones. Mm-hmm. And then, then she gets caught. She gets captured. She gets captured and thrown into a dead canary's cage. Yep. And, the, like, I think the most notable... Well, there's a couple notable things about this scene. Is she learns about Nim is coming to bo to go through the rosebush in the next day or so. Right. Right. That and is... she puts herself on that wire. Which... <laughs> yes. Yes. So... Yeah, some things do happen in this scene. Um, and it is important to note, this is where she learns that Nim is coming to the house. Now, this sets a whole nother level up. As an adult, it sets another level up. As a kid, it's no big deal. You're like, oh, so they're coming to the house. As an adult, you know what that means. Like, your brain can put all of those pieces together. And, you know, the rats escaped from Nim. Now Nim is coming to claim them. Uh, in the book, it's even worse. Because they're not just coming to get the rats. They're coming to kill them. In the movie, they set it up like they're coming to recapture them. In the book, they make it very clear. They're coming, they're coming to, to gas exterminate them. them. They're bringing cyanide gas, and they are going to gas the rats. Because they don't want their experiment out in the world. Which, I gotta say, when rereading the book in that part of the book, I was like, that's fucking kind of terrifying. Like, imagine mm -hmm. if, they, if they had done that whole scene in the movie. Honestly, I could spend my entire time talking about the trauma of that scene. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things that I think it's important that we get to at this point, because the movie doesn't shy away from this. and Don, Or I shouldn't just say the movie. Don Bluth doesn't shy away from talking about the hard topics. And what's the hard topic here? Uh, one of the hard topics that we've hit on is death. You know, we talk about the death of Jonathan Brisby, and you see the sadness and and you can feel it when he when Nicodemus is telling her that you know this is how Jonathan died. Uh, and we're going to get to we're going to get to another another piece of death here in a second um that really kind of continues that that theme. Um yeah, Don Bluth really highlights death in a lot of his movies. And he believes that children we don't need to talk to them and dumb stuff down for them. They need to learn about these things like American Tale. First thing that starts out with is Everyone Tragedy. died in yeah. this Mount Ghetto. Right. 
Right. It starts out with tragedy. Uh, look at uh, Land Before all Time. All Nights Go to Heaven. All Land Before Time. Heaven. Yeah, all of all of the oh, these movies done by Bluth really highlight. It was one of the things we talked about when we finished watching um, The Secret of Nim, uh, was that all of these movies done by Don Bluth really highlight these these insane moments of just like how he throws it right to the forefront and says, "Look at like this is a thing." Death is a very real part of life. You can't go through and sugarcoat it and be like, oh, she didn't die. The prince can wake her up with a kiss. It's the same thing with, like, the cat can eat you and kill you. Right. Like, it's real. Same thing with the owl, owl is can, eat you can kill, kill you. <laughs> right. Like, he doesn't try to shy away from this. And, and that in and of itself, right, is another level of trauma that you're introduced to that you don't realize you've been introduced to. All these scary things, like, you know as a kid. I guarantee you I could show this to my daughter this weekend and let her watch this movie she'd be like the owl's gonna eat the mouse mm -hmm. as a kid you were worried that the owl was gonna eat the mouse even if you don't think you were now trust me as a kid you were thinking the owl's gonna eat the mouse i know i was i was like oh my god the cat's gonna kill the mouse mm -hmm. the cat's gonna kill the bird like i mean that's just a very real thing like and kids are literal right so when a kid is watching this movie and this is why these are the movies that traumatized us right these literal things are happening. Like, and as a kid, you don't have the room in your brain yet to create, take the literal out of the artistic. You, you see the literal for what it is. And, you know, in that moment, you fear for those, those animals on screen, regardless of how real or not they are. You have that innate, holy crap, they're going to die. Yeah. You know, that's, that was, like, my big thing when, like, uh, the, the Star Wars re-releases, right? Four, five, and six, you know, or four. Let's just talk about four. Obi-Wan is alive. We know Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan, right? One, two, and three. Nothing, you couldn't set that scene up in the fight with Darth Maul where Obi-Wan looked like he was going to die and make it scary because why? We already knew Obi-Wan was alive. We know he doesn't die here. You can't create a tension that you already know doesn't exist. But in the movie, in this context, you don't know what's happening. You don't know that Jeremy is going to make it farther than that log. You don't know that Mrs. Brisby is necessarily going to make it beyond the owl. Uh, so that's that's the very literal, real... Wow, I got I got pushed off the screen again. Uh, that's the very literal, real trauma that you deal with when, when you're a kid and you're looking and you're watching these shows. Um, so just, just, just something to keep in mind. So next we get to Jenner's plan, I think is the next one on this clip list that we want to watch. The Jenner's plan or is it the sparkly? It's the sparkly. When Jeremy's just being really rapey about the sparkly. Oh yes. It is the sparkly. She's coming back with this gift that Nick and Jenna gave her. <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. Jeremy? I'm being followed. Followed? There's a crazy lady with a hat. She's got big teeth. She tied me up. And then a hump. A sparkly. What? I mean, he's, wearing a he's super rapey. <laughs> he is super oh, rapey. Please, can I? Jeremy, listen. I need lots and lots of strings. Stop. 
to move the block. Move the block? Hey, I've got strings. I've been saving them. You do? Oh, sure. Red ones, blue ones, green, yellow. Pay attention. We'll get all the string you can. Okay. <gasps> That'll take all day. Good. Get going. <laughs> I, uh, I just thought I'd mention in passing. Just the fact that he like comes out of the water disguised as a lily pad. Just the fact that he jumps up on her there at the last second and he's like, I just wanted you to know, I always wanted a sparkly. I know, right? <laughs> he's just like hanging over the top of her, like dripping on her, and it's just like Ugh, it gives me like my oh my skin is still crawling. Dripping on her all wet with water. As the ASMRs are to death about wanting a sparkly. Right. <laughs> I mean, he literally is just like, I want you to know I always wanted a sparkly. <laughs> This is when she needs to like nut check a crow. I don't even know if crows have nuts. <laughs> right? Like she needed to do something. Like I mean, on that earlier picture, he had nuts, but you know, <laughs> I mean, that picture was never supposed to grace the screen. Legit accident. Come on, let me live it down. Let me live this one thing down. Somebody's gonna come across this and like be like, "Oh, that's a report." <laughs> We're gonna come back and it's gonna be like, hey, Harmony Geek Therapy, you've been banned for 24 hours. Ain't nobody to blame well, that but me. Well, I mean, that's okay, because we really only stream every once in a while, so. <laughs> but still, ah! <laughs> it's a total accident, I swear, it really was. Totally I believe it was, it was an accident. It was on my media screen. Otherwise, I would have moved it and not had it on my media screen. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Freudian slip. <laughs> I, yes, exactly. It was a Freudian slip. That is correct. Thank you very much, Freud, for giving me an out. I appreciate you, mate. Uh, but, okay, so all that aside. um, You know, it's really weird. I'm just going to point this out as, as a random thing, but I've noticed that my blue light has gotten more intense as the night has gone on. I'm not really sure why. You need to talk to Alexa about that. I, I know. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Like, it's it, the blue light has definitely gotten more intense as, as the night is drawn on. Uh, so anyway, so rapey Jeremy scene, uh, and then we... <laughs> Thanks, Valkyr. <laughs> uh, and then we 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 go to to uh, I, is it the we know too much, or is it generous? It's generous plan, right? Is it was generous piece? plan. Right, so this is the next piece. This is generous. I don't plan. get it. Sure. With Nicodemus out of the way. What's to stop us from taking over? Jenner, you can't kill Nicodemus. No taste for blood. Huh? They've taken the animal out of you. 
What if we're discovered? Ah, listen. The Brisby house is a large cement block. In the moving, what if it should fall? An accident? Of course. Cut the lines. Rance, what are you doing? of it will crush his bones. It's risky. Once rid of Nicodemus, the plan will die. We can stay here as long as we like. What, what about Justin? Leave him to me. To me. To me. I didn't realize they did that weird echo right there. Mm-hmm. I totally missed that when we were watching the movie. That just adds to the level of, like, creepy right there where he's talking about killing... You know, in the movie, you don't know it, but, like, knowing it now, like, dude, you're talking about killing your best friend just because mm -hmm. you don't like his friend. And I, and I realize in the book, he ran away instead of, like, getting into a confrontation with his best friend. But he only goes... In the book, guys, Jenner and his seven... His six compatriots that follow him go out and get themselves killed. They get electrocuted. Yeah, yeah they get electrocuted trying to steal a generator. Or a motor of some kind. Uh, because the shop owner that they were stealing from left it plugged in and they didn't realize it. And So, anyways, but beside the point. Uh, so, the... What was the Flying Dreams lullaby for Timothy? Was that Oh, that was when Frisbee, Mrs. Frisbee gave Timothy the medicine and it was oh, that song. Yeah, like... yeah. I, I skipped that because that wasn't really that scary. Uh, I, I no, that was just endearing. <laughs> yeah, it was endearing. We'll show it towards the end. I don't know what this one is that we know too much. Oh, that's the dragon volunteer. That is that yeah, one. So maybe it does show dragon. Her doing the thing with dragon. I, I, sorry guys, I, I totally missed this one. It's just a weird label on it. I should have fixed it. just makes up a sleeping powder to give to dragon. How do you get him to take it? Someone must go into the farmhouse kitchen, put it in his dish. I bet this also shows the escape. Into the kitchen. Which is which is what I really wanted to show was the escape because the escape is. He just tried it yesterday. When she's kicking the yeah the water thing. Right. Yeah, Nicodemus in his weird eyes. That was close. What's up there? The mill. It's falling apart. Hope it stays up there. At least until we've done with the plan. Plan? What is the plan? Uh, to live without stealing, of course. It's wrong to take electricity from the farm. My child, we can no longer live as rats. We know too much. Oh, his there. face gets so big uh, right there. We know <laughs> too much. I should go prepare the children for tonight. We shall wait here until dark. Uh, he looks so uh, frail. Dragon? He does. Maybe. Oh, nothing. Goodbye. He's like Yoda. I almost feel like that's what they were going for. They could have. I mean, it was done around the same time. <sighs> I volunteer for Dragon. Oh, no, Mrs. Brisby. Nicodemus, this is no job for her. Please. As you wish. All right. I love how he doesn't even try to talk her out of it. He's just like, yeah, if you want to do it, fine. Thank you. Oh, I must be crazy. 
Well, I mean, they needed yeah. someone to do it. In the book, it, it's it's a lot. I I think it's more well done in the book. How she ends up. In in the book, it's a lot of back and forth trying to get her to not do it. Yes. But her coming to the realization she's the only one who can. Mm. So I guess they didn't show what we wanted to show. That's that's unfortunate. Uh, so all that getting past Jenner's plan, we get to this scene, and then I think we have one more after it. Um, so ready. Now. They're successfully moving the house. So they have all the pulleys and stuff up. Yeah. Okay, help me. We've got to hurry. And dinner cuts all the lights and the brick drops on. Come on, come on. We're coming. Okay. I see Which you. is super traumatic. Yes. It's really hard to see it in this place. It's a little, uh, it's a little dark. Oh no! But no. you do see this, and and Nicodemus is there, crushed by all of the beams, and it is just not like you. You understand what that is, even as a kid. You understand what that is. Like, is that's that's that. But that whole scene actually is really terrifying. It, it's a little hard to see in this clip, unfortunately. But that 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 banter, that back and forth right there between Jenner and his lackey. His lackey's like, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. And Jenner just basically calls him spineless and cuts the ropes for him um, to, to finish the job. You know, uh, it just really, I remember that scene being hard hitting as a kid. Like, I was sad. I cried there. Because at that point, you've kind of already developed this weird affinity for Nicodemus without even realizing it. Like, him to die there, you're just like, oh, wow. Like, they just, and, and Justin is very like, no, 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 no. Right? Justin is upset. Justin is sad. So that leads us, that leads us to this, this next scene, um, which in and of itself, in its own right, is, is fairly, fairly tight. Please, you must believe me. We'll give it true. We'll all be killed. Don't panic. Don't listen. She's hysterical. Get out now. <laughs> you get out. I've had enough. Justin. Justin. Jenner, stop this. Stone. Jenner. Get out of my way. <laughs> Playing the one where she's at the cinder block. No, this is him trying to kill the stone and Justin's fighting him. Ah, okay, so the, the fight scene. Justin! My sword! Because you can't have a, a you know, a thing with, rat, with rats and swords without having a fight scene. Right. Well, and then we see the death of Jenner's black The thing that uh, Jenner's giving his own like personal motto: "Take what you that can no when you can." Yes. I killed him. Look at his sword. He's got like that sinister wavy sword. 
For one, how would how would they know how to make something? Like that? Well, and the book he wanted to destroy everything. The book explains that they have I've read a lot of books much. when they stopped Take on their way to the farmer's can. house. They didn't get here first. When they went to another can. place first. They had a huge library. Nothing. Yeah, because that was the right word. Yeah. Yeah. And then they found the, the toy the toy tinkers. Yes. Tools and equipment. Yeah. Friends, tonight we journey to Thorn Valley. We will leave no tracks. No I remember how scary that, that was. Ever that existed. growl and that menacing like motion of him. Come. Like mm. that just primal. Dinner's terrifying. Now the dagger in his back is not. Yep. But that growl he makes afterward. Yeah. <laughs> so And I don't think I think that's the last of our clips. Um they got Mrs. Brisby saving the house, which is her running to her kids because the stone is sinking. Or the block is sinking. Which one is that? Mrs. Frisby saves her children. Is that the risk her life for her children one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that happens right after this. Hello? Anybody up there? Martin? So now, so in the book they weren't in the house when they moved it, but of course the house also didn't get dropped like this in the book. Right, in the muck. In mother, what's all this black stuff? Right. So this was scary as shit. Justin, the block mm -hmm. is sinking. What? And I wanted to know where Timmy was in this whole thing when it was sinking. Like, where the fuck's the sick one? There must be a cave in! Below! I'll get a line around the stone. Now, Brutus, quick, get some rope! Tie off those black Brutus lines! Brutus is way less scary in that scene. Move it! Mother! Mother! What's all that black stuff? Come on, Teresa, get up on the table. Sleep with What about Timmy? Get his out of here! Mother! So much panic. Like in the beginning, you can see like the hopelessness on her face. Yes. <laughs> and she's willing to go down with the block to save her kids. Yeah. Grab onto my foot. I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Come on! Magic stone powers activate! Right. Mrs. Frisbee does not know Shibari after seeing her try to tie a knot just a second ago. Yeah, she's terrible at it. Like the stone's a magical girl. Right. 
And the shrew was knocked out too, like the shrew's in here too. The stone has a power when it's there. You just need to have a panic attack and grab exactly. the stone. I just want to point out that once again, Mrs. Frisbee's got stones. <laughs> just saying, guys, just saying. Mrs. Frisbee's got some stones. And I, I didn't have the ending part where, you know, they have the crow sex noises in the grass. Oh, yeah, it's okay. We don't need I took care of that with the slippage of Rule 34. <laughs> Even though it's a but crow it was, with a crow. The the scene oh. after that, though, when, or it was either before or after when Timothy's like, but I feel better. I yes. always like to bring that up with clients who are like, I need to go do this and blah, blah. I was like, no, you're not ready yet. It's yeah, not, you're not you feeling feel okay. Better, just because you feel better doesn't mean you are better. Correct. But then he does this huff like... Yeah, exactly. In the book, he understands. In the movie, he's, mm -hmm. like, indignant about it. Um, but, you know, I mean, all in all, so the great thing, if you look at the whole of the movie, because, I mean, we're at the end of the movie at this point, but if you look at the whole of the movie, like, it really sets you up with these, like, back-to-back -back traumas um, that happen in succession very quickly. And they're they're not always big traumas. They're sometimes little traumas. But the movie also explores these deeper themes too, like death and how you deal with it and how when we don't understand what happens to someone, sometimes we move on and then suddenly we find out what really happened and we have to deal with that new knowledge as Mrs. Frisbee does when she learns about Jonathan. And it really takes her down for a second and then she has to come back and, and she decides that, you know, for her kids, she can do anything. Obviously, Jonathan was doing all these things for her family and she didn't know he was doing these things for her family even though it was also to help the rats, you know, now she's suddenly got this elevated status and she's going to do the same thing he did. She's going to risk her life by drugging the cat to save her family. And so, you know, the, the movie does this great job of really exploring these deep elements, but it also really hits you hard with all these big scenes with trauma. Nicodemus, the owl, uh, you know, the, the cat. Ugh, the cat. Uh, you know, the, the death of Jenner, the death of his lackey, the death of Nicodemus, you know, all of these big trauma scenes happen, and a lot of them happen back to back, very quickly in succession, and then you don't have time to recover. And, and actually, in a way, that's kind of good for this movie, because you're not allowed to linger on the trauma of the event. 
it's shown to you you know that it happens you feel that it happens but you move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing but the ending like most of the movies that we cover ends on a happy note right jeremy finds someone to be in love with the house is moved the kids are safe timmy's well the rats escape nobody gets harmed right we end on a really happy note and we forget all these bad things that took place in the rest of the movie which is how complex PTSD forms. <laughs> <laughs> Quick succession back-to-back traumas? Right. Yes. That aren't processed. That are and... not, yes, that are not <laughs> processed. That is true. And and we wonder why, as adults, we have anxiety. It's because we're given shit like this when we were kids. And am I just as guilty? Like, if I let my kid watch Lion King? Yeah. Lion King is so dramatic. Like yes, it is. <laughs> am I like I should show this movie to me, to my daughter? Yes, <laughs> yes, I want my daughter to watch this movie. Like, well, it also has good me? talking points too, like the betrayal, the the death of Mufasa, so a death of a parent figure. Right. And the same thing like Secret of Nim. You have the they talk about the death of Jonathan. Right. But they don't really talk about how the family grieved, but they had a whole year to grieve before this where this Knowledge movie takes came about. They had already grieved it and she had already felt like she moved on. And and I want to point out grief is different for everybody, right? Grief doesn't happen. We we talk about grief in stages. You know, we often have this idea that, oh, we just need to move through the stages of grief. But that's not really how grief works. Yes, there's kind of stages, but no, not really. Grief is a very complex feeling that you feel, and it's a very continuous feeling. And it never really goes away. It just mm-hmm. it just gets a little less. And it gets a little less, and it gets a little less. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't come back. That's why, like, bereavement leave pisses me off, because it's never actually enough time for you to actually mourn or grieve. Because if we were giving people enough time to grieve, we would give them more than, you know, a couple of days. <laughs> Correct. And Kubler-Ross, who actually came up with the stages of grief or stages of acceptance, even said, if I had to teach this again, I would try to emphasize even more it is not a linear path. path. It is it's not and i like to tell people all the time that grief is 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 not linear and you can't even think of it as circular grief is like a fucking hairball it's just a mess you don't know where you're gonna be you could be angry one day and then accepting of everything that's happened an hour later and then go right back into bargaining for everything uh-huh. all over again and then be angry and accepting and bargaining and like all of these stages like the five stages that we like to think of can happen in any order and they can happen at any time and you can go back and forth for months years years not not I like the- days weeks it's it's right it's, it's a it's the tiny wimey wibbly wobbly like all of yuck yeah it's it's everywhere it's it's not a linear thing and and so you know do me a favor and when you think about processing grief Please remember that grief is is not a linear thing. It's not circular. It's a very messy ball of wax. (laughs) I like to explain it. It's a ball in a box. And there's a switch in the box. It just shakes it up. And every time, like, the ball bounces around. But it's really small at at first, the box is, because you don't have a lot of life experience. And it keeps hitting that switch, so stuff happens. The more life experience you have on top of 
the grief, the box gets bigger. However, the ball's still going to hit the switch every once in a while. Yeah. So you're still going to cry. You're still going to have those feelings of all kinds of things, denial, bargaining, anger. Exactly. All of it's going to happen. Yeah, it's all going to happen. And, 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 you know, that's what we don't get to see with Mrs. Frisbee. We don't get to see her go through her grieving process. Because she has to grieve all over again when she learns what really happened to Jonathan. And now she's lost new friends, right? She's lost Nicodemus. Uh, she loses Justin because they leave. So now the rats are gone. Right? So there's a lot of loss that she has to process. And, it, you know, we don't get to see that that happen. We end on the happy note that her kids are safe and her house is safe and, and Timothy is not going to die. What we don't get is the rest of the sadness that's going to come from all of this. Because she's going to come down from this adrenaline rush that she had trying to save her kids. And she's going to grieve. And she's going to grieve the trauma of what could have happened. Because her mind is now going to go into the what if cycle. And she's going right. to start going, what if I hadn't, what if this hadn't worked? What if I didn't have this? What if all these what other things? And she's going to trap herself in that for a little while before she's finally okay with where everything is. So her ending isn't happy. We like to think of her ending as, yay, it's happy. And she got everything she needed. And No, mate. No. No, her ending is not. It's, it's not happy. It, it's got a lot of shit she's going to have to work through. But hey, that's that's the story though, right? And that's the part that we like to miss out on and we like to conveniently forget is going to happen at the end. And so when we do these movies and we watch these things, we're reminded all these things that were traumatizing to us as kids. And sometimes we do a little re-traumatizing ourselves when you guys watch it with us and we talk about this stuff. Or, you know, we accidentally slip and show things we didn't mean to show. Uh, but, you know, or, or we just make really crass jokes that also end up being traumatizing. But at the same time, it's important to note that, you know, we do this because we, we all love these movies. But right, and it's like the hidden messages that that are all lying around. It. <laughs> yeah, like all these underlying messages that are in these movies that as kids we totally missed. And now we're looking at them through this completely different lens and saying, holy shit, why did I watch this as a kid? I'm like, what right. are my parents thinking? And then I'm over here as a parent and I'm like, I should show this to my child. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm doing. Like... But, but that's that. Uh, we actually almost have our scale completely ready to go. There's just a couple of things I forgot to ask for to get the scale completely ramped up for tonight. But I do want you to know, we do have the scale. We promised you guys that a long time ago. And I'm the one who's been terrible about getting the rest of this ready. Um, because I have to ask for things that I have not asked for and therefore not gotten to make it work. Uh, but we did rate it on our scale. And on our scale, we gave uh, the, the Secret of Nim a 6 on the trauma scale for us um and it's not that this movie is particularly traumatizing because obviously a six is just barely over a five which means it's really kind of mild um and, and the reason i gave it a six in the end is i i just kind of averaged our our lowest and our highest scores for where we kind of feel like it falls um and it came out to a solid six um and that's just because there's some scenes in this movie that are really very very traumatizing um, and they can hit you hard. The Owl, Nicodemus, um, some of those scenes just really hit home hard real fast. And then they let you go. Uh, but a lot of the movie is very light and fun. And even the scenes that are scary aren't super scary, right? There's just a few. 
dragon in the beginning, the owl. They're the movies that traumatized us. 